0: We don't make him do that. It's always fun having him call me Pastor Jim, so I like that, yeah. We don't make him do that around the house. We don't make anyone do that anywhere, but anyway, all right. Well, good to see you guys. Boy, it's, uh, it's going to be a good one today. We're, we're coming in hot today. You guys ready? It's going to be good. We're going to take a little pause on the Revelation series, and so uh, the four horsemen of the apocalypse and the six seals, uh, we're just going to take a little break, all right? It's lots of good news, but we're, uh, I just felt like we needed something else today. And so um, if you're new here, we, sometimes we do things differently. Sometimes we sit at tables and kind of interact a little bit and do, uh, do the message first. I think if you do the message right, it leads you into worship, right? It should open up and go, wow, God is better than I thought, and you're ready to worship. So, so that's why we do it. We meet on the first and third Sundays, and on the second and fourth Sundays, we do house churches. We call them Revival Communities. Uh, we call them e-phone groups, Extended Family on a Mission. They've gone by lots of names, but they're basically house churches, and so uh, it's another fun way to do that. So here's... Would you rather, hold on, I typed it wrong. <laughs> Would you rather travel back in time to meet your ancestors or to the future to meet your descendants and why? Everyone stroke your uh, goatee, even if you don't have, yeah, isn't that powerful? Would you rather travel back in time to meet your ancestors or to the future to meet your descendants and why? Introduce yourself at the tables and ponder that life-altering question there. Let's take about another 60 seconds realizing this does not count as my preaching time. All right, keep going. I'll buy another 20 seconds, hurry up the time travel. All right, let's bring it back together here. How many of you were devious enough to think I'm gonna travel back in time, tell them all about Bitcoin, right? Yeah. Some of you have thought about this way before this Sunday. That's what's scaring me. I saw some of you like had notes. I'm like, oh man, there's diagrams. This is getting scary. All right, let's talk about this. I want to talk to you about Satan's top two. And so uh, we don't do a whole lot of talk about Satan. We're going to get to Jesus real quickly here, but let's let's start in Genesis chapter three. Pull out your iPhones, your Bibles, or look at the screen here. Genesis chapter three. If you remember, Adam and Eve, were, uh, you know, God created the heavens and the earth, uh, all of creation in seven days, chapters one and two. Uh, we, uh, we got Adam and Eve, and then in chapter three, now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, indeed, has God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? Now in chapter uh, two, God said, hey, Adam and Eve, here's a whole park full of food just for two people. God's a God of abundance. All right, and so here's, you know, so you can eat of any tree except this one. And so here's the clear word of the Lord. Any tree except this one. And what's the, what's the serpent come and say? Has God said, has God really said that? i tell you, the two main temptations, two, uh, two main, oh, here we go. <laughs> That's it. All right. The two main temptations in the Bible, we see them on Adam and Eve and the same ones that Jesus uh, became victorious in. It was to doubt God's word was the first temptation. The other one was to doubt who they were. And so we'll look at that one next week. But um, has God said, uh, and did Jesus, uh, remember, uh, you know, did God really say this? And then the second temptation was, if you're the son of God. So we'll look at the other one another time. But the, uh, the first one is to, um, is to question what God has said. The second one is to question your identity. Listen, guys, if you can uh, believe what God said and know who you are, you can face just about anything. Just about any temptation is going to come down to one of those two things. And so, uh, so today let's look at the first temptation. Again, we'll look at the next one the other time. So let's look at Genesis chapter 3 again. Uh, now the serpent was more crafty than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Indeed, has God said, I, don't, I mean, indeed, like, is this so arrogant? Indeed, has God said, you shall not eat from any tree of the garden? And so I realized that there was a temptation to partake of the fruit. Like, that was, that was part of the temptation. But the fruit was only an option if you got them to question what God had said. Okay. And so deception doesn't come up with you a name tag and be like, hey, I'm deception. Uh, my father is the devil. I'm here to ruin your life. I'm, I'm here to plunge you. I'm here to turn your, uh, your life into a landing strip for the demonic. And like, it doesn't come up to you like that. It's a lot more subtle. You guys remember the movie Inception? Yeah, those mind-bender movies. I always leave. I'm like, what? But so here's the, uh, the plot of the movie is, how do I plant a thought into somebody's mind so that they think it's their own? That was kind of the whole plot of the movie there. So they don't understand that, uh, that someone else actually put it there. They think it's theirs. That's how the enemy comes and does it. He gets you to think that it's your things. He gets you to doubt yourself. The enemy works uh, to get us to question what God has said. So, what, here, so God's word, let's look at what God's word is. Jesus is the word of God, okay? So listen to this verse from uh, Colossians 1.17. And Jesus is before all things, and in Jesus all things are hold, held together. So the molecules in your chair, they may look like they're solid, but they're actually, there's movement in there, and they're held together by some unknown force. We don't know what that attraction is. Here's what the Bible says. It's actually the word of God that's holding all of creation together. All right. Didn't mean to get metaphysical on you here, but where we go. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, Jesus is the radiance of the glory of God and the exact imprint of his nature, and Jesus upholds the universe by the word of his power. It's literally the word of God that's holding everything together. The attraction between the molecules, it's the word of God that's doing it. So Jesus speaks. God speaks the worlds into existence, and it's that same word that's holding all of creation together. It's literally the the, the declared word is the glue that holds all of creation together. So get this. Chaos reigns where there's not an embracing of God's word. So apart from the word of God, that glue that holds all of creation together, everything would just disintegrate. Everything would fall apart. It would be complete chaos, right? So how many of you have ever thought you heard something from God? Maybe it was like a prophetic word, a message, a scripture jumped out at you. Maybe you thought, you know, I think I might have gotten some kind of something from God somewhere. Anyone in here? All right, good. Most of you, all right? Uh, If not, our prophetic teams will be here afterwards, and we can help you with that a little bit, all right? It's not a crystal ball. It's an encouraging word from heaven, all right? you read the scriptures, um, and so uh, sometimes those words come to us at an emotional high point, right? So maybe you're like in a church service, or maybe you're just having this time where there's, there's emotion attached to it, right? We love those times. But how many of you found, like, I had this encounter with God, it was awesome, I was excited, and then uh, you have a period of time where your emotions aren't as high, and you begin to question that word. Anyone have that happen? Like, I don't even know if that was, I don't know if that was God. Maybe it was the pizza. Maybe I just was having some inspirational thoughts. And we, so the struggle is, um, is that really God's word to me? It gets personal. It's like, yeah, God can speak to his other people. I don't know if he, if he speaks that way to me. So the enemy tries to get you to question, was that really God's word to you? Was that just a, a word you received because you were, had an emotional high moment there? Or this person got a little excited and gave you a little bit too much, And right? So what the enemy wants to do is he wants to ruin your mountaintop experience. And so um, remember, I love the story of Moses. And so uh, remember, he built the tabernacle. But before he built the tabernacle, it was kind of a portable tent sanctuary with the inner court, the outer court, the Holy of Holies. So before he built that, he uh, had this encounter in heaven up on the mountaintop. And God said, this is, what, uh, this is what the heavenly dimension looks like. It's like a giant tabernacle. I want you to go and build a scale model. And so it kept saying that Moses built according to the pattern that he saw, built according to the pattern that he saw as we go, as we move through Leviticus and Numbers. And so, so here he is. He has this mountaintop experience, and he comes back down to this hellish situation where just weeks before these people were fanatically worshiping the one true God, and now they're worshiping a golden calf. Do you guys remember this? He has this incredible mountaintop experience. He sees how the, literally all of creation is patterned around this heavenly dimension. And uh, I love um, his, uh, his brother Aaron. He, uh, he has one of the best excuses. I threw the gold into this fire and out walked this golden calf. <laughs> like seriously, like talk about ruining your mountaintop experience here. Like well, family member, family members can, yeah. We bless your thanksgivings. We bless your Christmases. Listen, in the middle of chaos, it would be easy to forget everything that you saw on the mountaintop. Moses didn't go, oh, man, I don't even know if I heard God, this and that. It kept saying, he uh, built everything according to the pattern that he saw on the mountaintop. Listen, guys, everyone in here has had God speak to them. You may not recognize it. He says his sheep hear his voice. It doesn't mean we always recognize it. Most of the time, we, uh, what happens, uh, not most of the time, a lot of the times, I think what happens is God speaks to me and we go, that was just me. Well, let's look at who just you is. Just you has been united to God. You've been united with Christ. You have the mind of Christ. So don't, don't take this too, too literally, but if you want to know the will of God, have some thoughts. I'm not saying every thought that comes in your mind, I'm not saying we don't judge things against the word of God and wise counsel, but what if it's not as hard as we thought it was? What if we have to go and sit in the lotus position for a couple days? No, no. You're united to him. The supernatural is a lot more natural than we make it. So God may speak to you in a dream, a vision, through a friend, even a preacher on a Sunday morning, yea, that I say unto thee. Maybe a Bible verse has jumped out to you, a prophetic word you received and wrote down. There's great excitement, and what's going to happen is the enemy is going to come, and he's going to try to snatch that excitement away and get you to question it. Has God said he's going to try to get you to be mediocre? How does he get you to be mediocre? By forgetting what you heard on the mountaintop. What's the mountaintop? The mountaintop is where you see things that you don't have the nerve to see when you're in the valley. The mountaintop is where you hear things that you wouldn't have the courage to dream about in the valley. Listen, guys, there is nobody else who's going to protect the word of the Lord over your life. Even well-meaning people are going to come to you and say, Has God really said that to you? Fear often masquerades as wisdom. And you get around some people, and it just sounds like such earthly wisdom. They come to you, and what are they doing? They're talking. You you get a little zealous. Listen, I'm not saying the most grandiose things are always God. Don't hear what I'm not saying. But listen, gang, you don't need to listen to the 10 spies network. That was human wisdom. I tell you what, those giants, we're like grasshoppers. Uh Uh-huh. That makes perfect sense from a grasshopper's viewpoint. But listen, guys, we need that heavenly dimension. When God is giving you something, he's not giving you, here's what you can do in your own strength, good luck. He's like, here's how I see things. And where are you? You're seated with him. Remember we saw last week, you are actually the seven-sealed scroll in his right hand, sitting up there, waiting for it to be, Christ to be unveiled in you. I'm not going through that whole thing again, but man. You must guard the trust. I love Paul tells that to Timothy, guard the trust. Now, um, obviously, I'm not athletic, and I don't even watch many sports, but I do know enough to know in football, when the running back has the ball, he is protecting that ball. And so uh, he's guarding it, he's he's keeping it. And so what, what what I hate what they do is so, you know, people come and they try to strip it and make him fumble the ball, and then they keep replaying it. Like, they're like, like slow-mo it down. There it is. And they like, like keep at the worst moment. There it is. They keep showing. You guys know what I'm talking about? We're like right when it gets stripped. And it's like, you know, this humiliating moment. They keep zooming in and out, in and out, and like that. That's what the enemy tries to do. He tries to get you to fumble that ball. And he tries to remind you of it. No, that wasn't you. Remember that time you thought you heard and God? Listen, we've all heard God and we've all missed it. Let's grow up past it. We don't need to do this stupid thing. Well, if I didn't hear God on that, well, then maybe I've never heard God at all. Zooming in and out. Oh, you missed it that one time. Oh, this is your destiny. This is your identity. You can't hear from God. Listen, guys, we got to guard the trust. We're going to fumble. We're going to we're make mistakes, but we get to grow up. You know, when my kids uh, learned how to walk, um, when they stumbled and the fall, we didn't spank them in discipline. <laughs> You're never going to be a walker. Look at you, you stupid failure. No. Like they took a step or look, look at you. You're amazing. Look at, they're advanced. They're, our kids are advanced. We're like calling grandma. We're like, yeah, these kids are amazing. You can't even believe it. They're two years old and they're walking. It's, it's just awesome. It's just awesome, you know. Right? Listen, guys, we need to celebrate progress, not perfection. We may not look like Jesus at this point, but uh, we're going to look like him more and more. Everything you love about Jesus, God is making you into that very same thing. Remember, he's so in love with his son that he's going to fill the universe with lookalikes of him. We will look like Jesus. He will come back for a bride whose, head, whose body is in proportion to his head. He's coming back for a bride that's without spot or wrinkle. You know what that means? It may take a few decades to so unpack your bags. The rapture's probably not going to save us tomorrow. Okay, guys, your end time theology is going to determine how you live. And if you think it's just going to get worse and worse and worse, I really like cars. I really like it when they take old cars and make them look new again. Maybe you've seen like the concourse. What's it called? The... I forget the name of the fancy one where they like inspect every single bolt. Now imagine if someone's preparing something for this amazing show, this amazing uh, contest of who can make the you know the best uh, restorations of these old cars. I mean, literally every bolt is inspected, and the inside of the engines is clean as the outside of the car, and all these things. Now imagine if you knew at the end of that that there was going to be a, um, they were going to enter these cars into a smash-up derby. They were going to go and just like uh, you think it might affect how you're going to build the car if you knew that it was just going to end in destruction. That's how most Christians are living their lives. I don't, God's just going to come and rapture us all up and zap the place and start. Man, what if he's angry? Man, what if we, what if we actually said, occupy until I come? He's coming back for a... a, a yeah. He said that the glory of God's going to cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Why do we put all that stuff into the more, into the millennium yeah. when the word millennium is not even in the Bible? You know what else isn't in the Bible? The phrase "the Antichrist." boy, I'm getting into some stuff here. There's the phrase "antichrists." It's a spirit that's already in the world. But the phrase, "the Antichrist It's a religious fabrication. How we doing? You know what else isn't in the Bible? The word "rapture." How we doing? How we doing? How we doing? I'm telling you what, guys, this planet does not belong to the devil. Jesus did not die, rise from the dead, ascend into heaven, uh, take back all power, all authority, seat you next to him, send the Holy Spirit, unite to him so we could have good church services and maybe go to heaven one day. You and I are plan A, there is no plan B. He wants his planet back and he's going to do it through lovers who look like him. And he's going to take his time. With, he's, he's patient. He's patient. But I, I believe I'm talking to some people here that are saying, you know what? We need to go all in with our one and only life. Yes. Listen, it may not matter much today what you do for God or how you live, but there will be one day where it's the only thing that matters. There will be, it will be the only thing that matters. When you stand before God, you're not going to say, man, I wish I'd spent some more time in hobbies. I wish I'd you know, wasted some more money on toys. I'm not against toys, I'm not against hobbies, as long as that's not the, the identity of your life. How we doing? Better get back to the notes here. No rapture, no millennium. No, no. There's no the Antichrist, there's an Antichrist spirit. Oh, I'm not going there. <laughs> Listen, guys, you and I cannot make the word of the Lord happen in our life. Okay, we can't make it happen. We can't force the word of the Lord. We end up with an Ishmael. That's just copies of the promise, right? But here's what we can do is we can be, we can be cooperative. We can protect that word. I can pray over the word that God has spoken. I can jealously guard that word that's been deposited into my life. I can be willing to th- think in terms of a lifetime. There's such a desire uh, in our culture for things to see, see things happen quickly. Right? It's like you plant a seed, and where's the harvest? Man, I just, I just gave something to the offering. Where's the harvest? You know, uh, I'm now I have a kettlebell trainer, and obviously we're just beginning. And so, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, those first couple of kettlebell swings in the first couple of weeks there, it doesn't, uh, you know, I wasn't like, I want my money back. This isn't working. You call these abs? Like, I'm not doing that, right? I recognize there's a process to these things, all right? When God gives you a word, it's an invitation to a process, oftentimes. Sometimes the answers to prayer require character. And so in our culture, if somebody endures a promise for a year, they act like it's a lifetime. Oh man, I got this promise a year ago. Listen guys, anyone can burn with passion for God for a year or for a month. I want people who burn for God decade after decade after decade. Listen, I've been again, born again for over 40 years, and I'm still burning. But, guys, we have to protect it. Listen, guys, I can, I can, Listen, if I don't protect it, I can cool off just like the next person. There's nothing special about me, nothing special about you. It's just like a marriage. Now, uh, I'll, I'll, so I'll honestly say this as if the other things I haven't been saying are honest. <laughs> I'll tell you this. In the same level of truth, I'm telling you everything else. You know, 27 years into our marriage, and uh, it's, it's as good as it's ever been in every area. Yeah, yay God, right? But I'll, t- I'll tell you this, we've had to protect it. We've had to guard it. We've had to protect our time. We've had to say no to some things. We've had to say yes to some things, right? And so um, it's the same way with the Word of God in your life. You're going to have to protect it, and nobody can guard the Word of God over your life but you. Your kids can't do it. Your church can't do it. We can't do a, f- a fire tunnel where we lay hands and the word of God is protected over your life tunnel. The thing that comes at you day after day is, has God said? Listen, guys, I don't even need the devil to tell me that. I can do it to myself. If I were all these people, they love to go deep, they love to go in. We're, we're just going to, you know, we're going to so, get together, we're just going to go deep. You know, we're going we're gonna, to, you know, I, I don't know about you, I've never gone deep and come out encouraged. I've never, like, looked on the inside and been like, God, it's amazing. God, you got an awesome deal when you got me. You're welcome. Like, no one, no, was, like, like, you don't do that. Like, if we start looking at our own lives, guys, we got to keep our eyes on Jesus. The, when, when, God, when God gives you a promise, he's not like, do it in your own strength, and then I'll reward you. He's like, no, no, it's an, he's, he's inviting you to a cooperation, to a, de- a dependence. So listen, you're going you're gonna to swing and miss, you're going to try and believe God, and it's not going to work out the way you want. You're going to, and, uh, but don't start questioning everything. Are you ready for this? If you get nothing else, here it is. Do not subject God's word to your emotions during periods of disappointment. Do not subject God's word to your emotions during a period of disappointment. Guys, those are going to come. You don't want to make decisions when you're down. You are a guardian over that thing. God's word actually sustains life in this universe, and it's going to sustain life in your little universe. If God said it, you'd better remember it, and you'd better treasure it. So what does that look like? Well, uh, my wife, she's got these three-by-five cards with promises that God's spoken to her. Some of them are dreams. Some of them are prophetic words. Some of them are key scriptures. And I watch her. She's got a little ring of them, and she flips through them at night. What's she doing? guys? we've got to set our minds in what is possible with God, not what's just possible with man. We're anchoring our lives in that unseen realm. We've got to live from a different place type them out. I've got a file of them on my computer. I've got them by year. I'll write them in a journal. I remember the Lord, uh, guys, I'm preaching myself, encouraged in this one, just in case you didn't know. I'm not up here like, hey, I'm the expert. You guys, just do what I do. You'll be fine. I like, uh, guys, if, if I don't do these things, then I get discouraged. And so I remember the Lord told me, uh, Jim, pastor the church from your notebooks. What's he talking about? I need to pastor from the word of the Lord, not from the latest guru of the month listen to them on a recorder. And so, man, if you come up in for our our prayer teams and you get a word, record it on your phone because you're not going to remember everything, and then go home and transcribe them. So uh, I had this one thing where I had like three or four words in a row, and I put them on a thing, and I just listened to them. And I tell you what, on the drive home from somewhere, I could get encouraged by the end of that ride. (laughs) Just listen. I'm like, man, I forgot how they said that. I forgot about this one part. I take them almost everywhere I go. So now they got one note on the phone, so I've got them all categorized. And, man, I just need to read those things. What What I haven't done, what I need to do, is I want to turn them into declarations. So if hearing God is important to you, then you have to protect what God has given you. And when you do that, you will attract more speaking to you. What happens in the Bible is when you steward something, it multiplies and increases. So when God gives you a word and you begin to protect that word, you begin to steward that word, you begin to treasure that word, what happens? God's going to give more to whom much is given, much is required, to whom more is given, more is given even more. That's the whole thing in Mark chapter 4. The one who's given, they get 30, then they get 60, then they get a hundredfold. The one who hit it, they get nothing. Man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I tell you what, somebody needs to believe this. Man does not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I don't know about you. If I have a word from the Lord, I can endure just about anything. If I don't have a word from the Lord, I can crumble and fall at just about anything. So sometimes we just need the word of the Lord. We don't need human wisdom. You know it when it's the word of the Lord has that freshness to it. It's like, I would have never come up with that, but there's there's life on that. It's going to be an invitation to faith. I've done the barely making it thing, and it's overrated. (laughs) He says, you are more than a conqueror. Like, "Ah, it doesn't feel like it, Jim. I don't feel like it. He's giving you a promise as he's inviting you into a process to become the kind of person who lives that thing out. Just reading it isn't enough sometimes. We We need to plant that thing in the soil of our life. Survival has never been a goal of the kingdom. So, I teach a lot on finances, and I have a whole business that does that. And so, I get people who are like, Well, what about like the New World Order? And what if a company, if our country goes socialist and goes this and that, and all these worst case scenarios? You know what? I don't know about all that stuff, but I know the Word of God will work in the middle of any scenario. Heaven's not, oh man, we didn't see socialism coming. Oh man, we didn't see this economic downturn. Oh, North Korea, who knew? go back and rewrite the Bible. Guys, God's promises work regardless. They work in Africa. They work in Zimbabwe. I think Zimbabwe is in Africa. It works in Mozambique. Oh, that's in Africa too. All right. They work everywhere. So God is speaking to you. What will you do with what he says? If a verse leaps out at you, mark it in the Bible. Put a date next to it. Put a comment next to it. Put what's going on in your life and why it means something to you. Stick it on a three-by-five card. Do something. Don't just go, oh, cool, that was a really good word, man. It kind of gave me like an emotional jolt, and you forget about it a week later. There is nobody else assigned to protect the word of the Lord over my life. I'm the only one. There is no one assigned to protect the word of, of the God over your life. You are the only one. Listen everyone, I know and love will affirm the word in my life, but I'm the only one that can protect it. You can find lots of people go, that's a good word. Oh yeah, that feels right in my spirit. Listen, we need those kind of people. We we want that kind of wise counsel, but they can't protect it for you. Bill Johnson's got a great quote, one of many. I cannot afford to have thoughts about me in my head that God doesn't have in his. Man, what would happen if, in your life if you only thought about yourself the way God did? How are we going to do that? We're going to have to. We're going to have to protect those words over our life. Kind of, kind of circling for landing on this. Uh, good news, bad news. That word over your life will be tested. <laughs> a lot of people, this doesn't fit their theology. Like, hold on, I thought when I became a Christian, everything is supposed to be awesome. It's like, I'm not. I'm not sure we read that. <laughs> you know, look at Jesus' life. Yeah, he had some resistance. Like every, every person in the Bible who done anything great, every word must be tested. Why? So you'll know the strength of that word. Listen to Mark chapter 4. We doing okay? Mark chapter 4, verse 3. Listen, behold, this is Jesus, a sower went out to sow. He's talking about a farmer sowing seed. As he sowed, some seed fell along the path and the birds came and devoured it. There was four different types of soil. We're just going to look at this one. Uh, let's skip down to verse 16. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. This is most charismatic Christians. They get this word, this is awesome. They start telling their friends, I got this word, The scripture, this is amazing. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then when tribulation or persecution arises, on account of the word, immediately they fall away. Hold on. God speaks this word, plants it in our life, and then persecution comes because of that very word? That doesn't sound Christian. That doesn't sound bible here it is. The word of God will actually attract conflict into your life. Why? Every word must be tested so you know the strength of that word. The word of God is more like a theory until it's tested. It's more like a hypothesis. It's more like a good idea until you understand the heart-pacing, heart pulsing reality of it in your life when you see this thing really works. The truth doesn't set you free. The devil knows the truth. It's, it ain't setting them free. That's John 8.32. you got to look at John 8.31. If you continue in my word, then you will know the truth. What's continue in his word? It means to protect the word. It means to put it into practice in your life. Then you will know my word. That means come to know by experience. And that, that word that's known by experience, that's the truth that sets you free. If I had a super suit that would protect me from ninjas, missiles, White Castle hamburgers, Someone could tell me how amazing this this super suit is, but I would not know the strength of that suit until someone shot me with a missile and it tickled or they hit me with a nunchuck and I didn't feel it. Or I had a White Castle hamburger and I wasn't doubled over with cramps 30 minutes later. (laughs) In the same way, you're not going to know the strength of the promise of God until you're put into the exact opposite circumstance of that promise. So you have the fruit of the Spirit. I don't know if you guys know this. You're not trying to grow the fruit of the Spirit. You have it. You want the reality of it manifested. So how are you going to get um, the manifested fruit of the spirit of love? When everyone's like, kumbaya, you're amazing. You're going to change the world. No, 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 that's not how it's going to grow. It's when you're going to be around unloving people. And you have to depend on the Holy Spirit to be love in in a circumstance where it's not natural, where it's not easy. How about Joy. Anyone gone to work lately? There's some opportunities there for uh, for some non-joy-inducing natural phenomenon. You're going to have to tap into the supernatural and recognize, you know what, my joy is not based on what I see, taste, hear, smell, or feel. It's not based on my circumstance. I've got a joy on the reality where I'm going to have to modulate my face so people don't think I'm crazy because I've got Jesus on the inside. Some of you aren't working very hard to modulate it, and I just appreciate that, so... As God said, if you heard from God, if you thought you heard from God and you find out later that it was wrong, just admit it, but don't throw out the baby with the yeah. do Oh man, I, I don't even know how to hear. I don't know. No. Mistakes are part of learning. I remember standing over a lady uh, who was dying in, the, in her hospital bed. And I felt like I heard the Lord say, she will live and not die. And I declared it out and she passed away. So what do you do when you miss it like that? You say, you know what? I thought I heard from the Lord. I must have missed it. And uh, you begin to treasure the things that that, that you do know that you've heard again. And since then, I've seen several people who are on their deathbed live. It would have been so easy and so wise from a human perspective to say, you know what, this just must not be my ministry. Maybe maybe I'm just not called uh, to heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper, cast out demons, even though Jesus told you you could. No one needs to have a deliverance ministry. We all get to be ministers of deliverance because of what Jesus did. We don't, none of us, we don't have to specialize. You don't have to have a healing ministry. You get to have all of it. If you're not willing to make mistakes, if you're not willing to be wrong in your hearing, you're not going to be able to get all that you need to see someone else's miracle come to pass. Uh, the, um, we love the Bethel Church in Reading, and I, I remember hearing this about their school of ministry, that they had a rule for first-year students, is they had to try and fail at something three times Otherwise, they couldn't be a student. Now, I'm not talking like moral failures, like, oh, go and sin big time. Like, like, they had to, like, go for it with God and miss. Because, guys, we need to create this environment of risk. This is a safe place to do dangerous things, all right? And so, by dangerous, I mean dangerous against the kingdom of God. This is a terrorist training camp to destroy the works of the devil, in case you forgot. This isn't like, hey, let's, let's, let's be good, you know, and pay your bills. You know, no one wants to have on their gravestone, and she paid her bills. Oh, that's... And she voted in every election. Oh, that's amazing. (laughs) Listen, guys. This city is crying out. This actually says all of creation is crying out for the sons and daughters of God to what? Have their devotional time and to come to church every week for them to be unveiled. It's the unveiling. Listen, it's not Christ in heaven that's the hope of glory. It's the Christ in you. The only hope of this world seeing glory is Christ being unveiled in his people. If you remember Revelation chapter 1, when we did that series, in eight times coming uh, in the clouds. It says, remember that word is it's coming within the clouds. In eight times in the Bible, clouds are people. Guys, there's many appearings of Christ all throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. Uh, I'm, I'm sure that the one that's going to wrap everything up, but there's many appearings of Christ. You know what other phrases is in, in the Bible? Second coming. I'm not saying he's not going to come and part the heavens and set everything right. I'm saying there's going to be many comings, and he's coming through you. He's coming through his people. The only hope of this planet, seeing the glory of God, is you and me being unveiled as his sons. Us letting that old Adam life, the four horsemen of the apocalypse, what's she going to do when they come for you? It's all Those four horsemen, they were coming from the throne of God, and they were coming from that old Adam nature to pull back everything in you that would stand in the way of his love. All right, now we don't have to do Revelation chapter 5, or chapter 6, then we can just move on to 7, right? I grew up in an amazing home, uh, just ridiculously blessed for the heritage I had. Seeing miracles, though, was not an expression that we were familiar with. It was kind of in, it was in the theology of the church, but it wasn't really necessarily in our experience. It seemed like it was always for kind of like those special people with a special anointing. Um, I, my, my grandparents, I I mean, I heard great stories. My great-grandfather, Jasper Philo Reed, he um, had a gift of healing, and so he uh, was, he worked at an auto plant, and man, people would come to his house in the middle of the night, and he would pray, and they would get healed, just an awesome, my, my great-grandmother was a seer. She, um, she would have visions of what my dad was doing in sin, and call him up and say, Jim, you know better than this. I saw you out drinking with so-and-so. Okay, Grandma. And um, luckily she got to see him come back to the Lord before, uh, but, you know, so we had those things in our heritage, but we just hadn't seen them in our experience. And so um, I I just kind of had it into my mind that that was for special people, particularly gifted people, not realizing that every believer is special and particularly gifted. And so um, my wife and I, we pursued healing for about 10 years. And so we just, we, we tried everything and we would pray for people and they'd get sicker and we'd catch their sicknesses. I've ever been there? Like, it's discouraging. Like, you're going after it. Like, nothing's happening, right? And so we're praying. And so, uh, so we started leading the church here at Zion in 2008. And God was doing wonderful healings. I, I, I recognize some of your faces. God bless you, OGs, OZs, uh, the lands. I just people who have been here, the, the, the Myers, I mean, like, the hands. I just, God bless you guys for staying with us. We've had lots of ebbs and flows. And so, but we just, God was seeing, we were just doing wonderful things. in uh, in May 2009, my sister passed away from cancer. It was just an absolute loss. We tried to raise her from the dead. And I'll never forget, um, boy, I tell you what, there there was a temptation to shrink back. I remember laying in uh, my sister's basement in the bed, and it just came to me like, you need to just quit this stuff. You you just need to quit going after this. And it was kind of like, there was this thing like, I'm going to go after the rest of your family. It was just like this whole thing, and it was like, and I tell you what, I had to, man, I remember, I remember, I remember laying there. I remember fighting the battle in the, in the, in that room. And I, I tell you what, uh, so I came back to the church on Sunday and it was like the whole church was grieving with us. It was really just a precious family moment. And, um, it was kind of like, they were like, I don't know if you remember, it was like, are we still going to go for it? Washix, you guys were there. And I felt like the Lord had me preach on healing my first Sunday back. And, um, boy, I, th- I think, boy, that's, that summer, I think we saw 800 healings just that summer. I preached on healing at our funeral. And, uh, boy, a lot of the family didn't like it. But I tell you what, guys, just because it's not in my life, if it's in the Word, it's going to have to be in my life. And, there, and there, was a, there was a conscious choice to say, you know what, I'm not going to shrink back. And we, we protected that Word. I'm not saying I've, I've carried the ball well and we haven't fumbled it at times, but there has to be that time where there's a line drawn in the sand and say, I don't care what I see, taste, hear, smell, or feel. I'm not going to lower the standard of God's promises to the level of my experience. Yeah, amen. And so I, I was reviewing some words over our church. And so I, I, we're going to be doing a, a vision message for the church the first Sunday in December. You're like, why not the first Sunday in January? I don't want to wait till January. I can hardly wait right now. I've been reviewing the words, the staff, we've been reviewing the word, the prophetic words over our church, the, the key testimonies, the scriptures that, that ring out. And um, I tell you what, God has given us a lot of direction, and I, I feel like we've got some strategy to actually walk it out. We, we just, it, this is a great season for that. And one of the words I was reviewing was, um, how many of you guys remember James and Maloney? So he passed away, in the, um, actually passed away this, the same day my dad did last year. And so um, he was just a great prophet. Just, uh, Bill Johnson said he had the most prolific healing ministry of anyone on the planet. And so he just it was a father to this house. We love him. And um, he, he spoke Isaiah 33, 24 over our church. You guys ready for this? I'm circling for landing. You guys are being great. No one in Zion will say, I am sick, for the Lord has forgiven their iniquities. He spoke that over our church. And here's what he said. No one in the church will be sick, then no one in the city not just hospitals. You can look at that and go, "Ah, oh, man, I think I maybe had a little bit too much caffeine or you, know, you just kind of exaggerated it a little bit. Or we can say, you know what? This is a prophet of the Lord and that, that word is rung true with me. And we can say, you know what? What are we going to do with that word? I remember I had a dream one night and in the dream, um, I, we showed up at a hospital. It was like our church and there was like an army of light behind me. And the hospital administrator meets me at the door and uh, she says, I know why you're here. And I said, take me to the sick. And uh, this group went to the burn unit. This, this group went to the cancer ward. This would, and uh, the groups went, and we cleared out every bed of every hospital, or, uh, every bed in that hospital that day. What are we going to do with that? I don't know if I'm not saying it's going to happen this month, but I'm just saying I think God is looking for a people. Guys, the witches can't have a greater display of power than the Christians. Oh. The Muslims cannot have a greater display of unity than the Christians. We've got the real thing. And I know God is doing something special. And so um, it's time for us to guard those words. But, you know, uh, the, the hardest person to lead is yourself. Have anyone recognized that? And so I want to I apply this to you guys. I want you to become prisoners of promise. You were not born to just occupy turf. You were born to be a frontiersman to find new land. And so the promise over your life, God is drawing you into new territories. So you guys, here's how we're going to close this. Romans 3, 4. Let God be true and every man a liar. I don't know what it was. In college, this was like my verse. I was a little bit combative, a little bit of a Pharisee. I like to argue a little bit. And um, so I'm not applying it in that way, but I just love this verse. And so um, some of you are facing impossible situations in your business. Let God be true and every man a liar. Some of you are facing hopeless situations in your body. Let God be true, and every man a liar. Some of you battle an addiction, and the lies is that you will never be free. Let God be true, and every man a liar. God has told me about some of you are destined to shake cities and influence nations, and you feel stuck. Let God be true, and every man a liar. Some of you want to be married or have a baby, and it seems hopeless. Let God be true, and every man a liar. Some of your finances seem like a disaster. Let God be true and every man a liar. There has to come a time when you just believe God. You know, there's an old saying, I think it was Zig Ziglar, who says, I can't do the push-ups for you. No one can renew your mind for you. No one can take those thoughts captive, but you can do it. You've got the ability to choose what you think. Every word's going to be tested so you know the strength of your supersuit. So I'm challenging you guys as a people, treasure that word. Jealously guard those words. We're going to help you find those words and steward them here. Write them down. Declare it out loud. Get a t-shirt made if you have to. (laughs) And every time someone's like, what is that? I'm saying literally do that. But anyway, I don't care what you see, taste, hear, smell, or feel. Let God be true and every man a liar. So here's what I want to do is um, I I want you to, we're going to take a little time here with the Holy Spirit. Let me read you this quote first. Steve Backlund, who's coming in January, or coming the first week of February, if we've ever needed Steve Backlund in this world, it is now. Steve is the greatest at mind transformation, renewal thinking, hope, while you're laughing. You're changing while you're laughing. He is Mr. Wonderful. He is one of my favorite people on the planet. I love Steve Backlund. Thank God Steve's coming in February. And so I, you guys need to be there. Oh, oh, who, who else is coming in March? What's that? Oh, 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 yeah, Steve and Wendy on are coming in February. Who, who's that coming in March? oh my gosh, it's Andrew Womack's coming to Zion. Come on, somebody. Oh yeah, 13 years of me stalking him and begging him, and we finally got him here. You're welcome. So uh, Mary and I, we just felt like we did, we, I don't know if you remember, we're not trying to repeat this, but there's something on it. Remember those old style camp meetings where they would just have them like every night for a week, and people, people want to just, guys, I think we overestimate what can happen in one message. Versus just being immersed in the Word, washed in the Word. And so we have this picture of being washed in the Word and the Spirit. So we're going to take a week. We're going to take a Sunday through a Sunday. And Mary's like, who would you want to have? I'm like, well, the two best teachers in the planet are Andrew Womack and Brian Simmons, uh, the, the translator of the Passion Translation. And I'm like, I don't think we can get either one. Do you like that mighty declaration of faith? I'm like, I don't, I don't think we can get either one. This is like four weeks ago. I'm like, they're, they're booked. They're, they're so busy, you know, and so... Um, Mary's like, what are you talking about? She's like, if that's what's on your heart, you know, and I'm like, all right, you know, and so um, here we are. Angel Womack's coming the first half of the week. Brian Simmons is coming the second half of the week. It's going to be amazing. I encourage you. I think it's going to be so packed. We have registration for it, and so if you want to go for free, Zioners can volunteer and go for free. So you just, there you go. All right, back to this thing. Steve Backlund, are you ready for the quote? I'm pumped about Word and Spirit Week. I'm sorry. I'm pumped about a lot of things except kettlebells. Okay. <laughs> Steve Backman, our hope levels are indicators of whether we are believing truth or lies. This is how you know whether or not you're believing a lie about something is if, if, if you're hopeless about it. And your hopelessness about the problem is a bigger problem than the problem. So here's what I want to do is um, the past isn't your problem. Your circumstance isn't the problem. Your current beliefs are the problem. There's no hopeless circumstances, only hopeless people. And when the people stop becoming hopeless, their circumstances change. That's how it works in the kingdom of heaven. Here's what I want to do. You guys ready? Is, uh, Holy Spirit, where in my life do I need to let God be true and every man a liar? Holy Spirit, where are those uh, areas of hopelessness that I have? Okay? And so just, just right now. Just, maybe you could type them in your phone. Maybe you uh, just think about them and talk to God. But God, where am I hopeless? Because I'm telling you, He wants to give you a truth encounter right now. But you're going to have to protect that truth. So just, right now, Holy Spirit, where is it that that I'm, I'm feeling hopeless? Where do I need truth? So think about it, put it in your phone, keep it in your mind. We're going to do something with it. Holy Spirit, what areas of my life am I hopeless? Where do I need to let you be true and every man a liar? Okay, so hold that in your mind and say, um, Holy Spirit, what's the truth you want me to know about this situation? You don't have to wait for a prophetic word. Just let God give it to you. Holy Spirit, what's the truth that you want me to know about this situation? Whatever he says, type it out, write it down, do something with it. You want to guard that. Here's what I want you guys to do. I want you guys to pray over those situations and just say, hey, I got this situation. I really need God in this situation. I want you to just take time at your table. But as a homework assignment, I want you guys to get out those journals. Get out those things where you have them written down. Dig up those promises. Those promises don't have an expiration date. All of God's promises are? Yes and amen. It says that, um, uh, boy, what's the part I'm trying to think of in Romans 9? Uh, Romans his gifts and his calling are irrevocable. So people are like, well, I guess I'm on plan B for God's life, plan C you know, for my life. And No, no, there's only plan A. And when you wander off the path, when you repent, you come back onto plan A, and here's the good news, he can redeem the time that you lost. So I want you guys to dig up some of those things. Dig up those things and begin to guard these things. We'll remind you of these. We'll help you. But hey, at your tables right now, I want you to uh, just hey, I, I got this area. I need God in it, and just agree. And listen, if someone may have a word, they may have a scripture, they may have a picture for you, just receive that. Maybe type it in your phone if they've got something. Don't feel the pressure to have that, but if you've got something, hey, I just kind of see this. And so take a moment, say the situation, and so let's let's take one minute per person, all right? So um, so this is going to be a a fast ministry time. So person number one, I'm going to say go, share it in 10 seconds. And then other people, I see this, I see this, I see this. Then we're going to switch. Are you guys ready? If you don't have anything, don't make something up. It's okay.